you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Good morning, Compassion. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Well, you guys look good. I want to thank you for being here on this Labor Day weekend. I know others are out at the lake or out doing stuff on this Labor Day weekend, but you're going to heaven, they're going to hell. I am just playing. But we are glad to have you. Uh, I want to say as we celebrate our labor force all that we do i also want to celebrate the those who labor amongst you in the kingdom of god to all of those who volunteer if you volunteer at compassion church do me a favor would you just stand to your feet real quick if you serve in any capacity any way would you stand to your feet amen look at all them y'all could be seated thank you so much some of you took a few minutes getting up i don't know if you were embarrassed I don't know if you serve, but you don't really think you do a lot. <laughs> I don't know if some of you just flat out lied. You felt embarrassed to not be standing, so you decided to stand up and lie. You're going to hell with those at the lake. <laughs> it is good to have you in the house of the Lord. They're so thankful that you're in the body of Christ and thankful that you're part of the church. Amen. 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 You know, I went to a restaurant the other day. And this restaurant that I, I went to, while we were there, it was, it was funny because we walked in and they told us, hey, it's going to be about 20 minutes, 30 minutes before we can seat you. And I looked around and about half the restaurant was full. And I thought to myself, why in the world am I having to wait 30 minutes to be seated when half the restaurant's not full? Well, I'm getting a little perturbed. My wife can see I'm getting perturbed and finally hits us. The reason why we're not being seated is they don't have enough staff to serve the restaurant. They don't have enough waiters or waitresses to serve the food. In fact, there's probably some in the back, there's not enough cookers to take care of it. In fact, probably like you and like me, we've gone into many, many restaurants and since COVID where there's been help wanted signs You've met individuals that say we can't get people to work. Sad but true. Let me say this. In the body of Christ, there can be the same issue. But it's been like that from the beginning of time. 2,000-year-old problem. See, God has put a destiny inside of you and me to serve. To serve his kingdom. You've got a purpose. God has a will for your life. For, for the next month, I want to talk to you about purpose. In fact, let me say this to you today. If you don't live for purpose, I don't really know how you live. I don't. For, for me to live a life just to work, and just to have a job, just to get up and go to work, come home and watch TV and go back and do the same thing, I don't understand it. I'm a person driven by purpose. I, I, I want to know that my life matters. 
I want to know that I'm having an impact on the world. I, I want to know when I leave this world, at least I left it a little bit better than when I came into this world. That, that's me. I, I just... That's how I function. I don't want to just get a paycheck just to live. I don't want to just have a job to get by. Listen, I want to know that I'm doing something that really matters. If you're with me there, raise your hand. I never forget the call. I was 19 years old. I was in Bible college. Now, here's the funny thing. I was going to Bible college, but I was not going to be a preacher. I had no desire to be a preacher. I was, you've heard me talk about many times, I was going to Bible college. I don't know why, but to be a state trooper. I don't know how that works. What Bible had to do with being a state trooper, I don't know. I just got into the place in my life, if you can't beat them, join them. I just had this idea of driving around fast with sirens going, shooting a gun out the window. I'm pretty sure that's not what they do. But that's, what, that's probably why I didn't get no job as a police officer. Pretty sure that's why God gave me something else to do. I'll never forget being in school that day, left. Driving down the road with a young friend that I was in college with, a friend of me and David's, a guy by the name of Danny uh, Abels. And as we're driving down the road, Danny said, hey, are you going to the revival tonight? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. And uh, he looks at me and he said, you, you know God's got a call on your life. God's calling you to be a pastor. No lie, this is what I said. I turned to him, I said, shut your mouth or I'll punch you in the face. That's what I said to him. I said, that is not me. That is not what I want to do. That is not God's call for my life. You keep that to yourself or don't talk to me the rest of the drive. <laughs> that night, I would go to the revival. At the end of the night, I would make my way to the front, pushed, curious about what God had. And that night, he was preaching about God's purpose for your life. And I came down to the front, got on my knees and prayed and said, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do should have never done that. <laughs> never make that mistake. And I'll never forget, I can still see it. He's on the podium. He walks over. His name is, to this day, I can still remember his name, Paul Jackson. He was a preacher. This is Oklahoma City at Muse Memorial Church. He was from North Carolina, where I was from. Just like God wanted to rub it in. <laughs> and he walked over and laid his hands on me and began to pray for me. And he said, if I'm here for no other reason... If God brought me no other reason to Oklahoma City, he brought me here to call you to be a pastor. I said, dang it. <laughs> so in two days, I mean, one day, two calls or two, a confirmation that God had called me to be a pastor. I never forget, I'd go home that night, tell my dad, I said, Dad, I was so excited. Got in the car, drove home, and I said, walked into the door. I said, Dad, I'm going to be a pastor. God's calling me. He goes, well, if that doesn't work out for you. <laughs> if my wife can tell you anything about me, I was the least in my family to have ever been a preacher or been a pastor. I, I share this with you because God has a call for your life. Me and my wife had a discussion this week. We watched the video, and it's funny how God works. In fact, 
another staff member not knowing we'd watch video, watch the same video. And driving down the road this week, I thought to myself, what is the purpose of the church? What's the purpose of the church? And if I can be honest with you, I asked that question a little bit of, I just don't know anymore. What's the purpose of the church? What are we here for? Why do we exist? So for the drive there and the drive back from Oklahoma City, that's all I did. What is the purpose? But see, the purpose of the church is so God can put his purpose in his people. You have a call. I want to read a passage to you today. It's out of Exodus chapter 3, and I want to show you one of the greatest calls of all times. One of the great men of the Bible, Moses, who receives this call from God. And how spectacular and amazing it is. Listen to this. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight while the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush. Moses Moses and Moses said here I am do not come any closer God said take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground then he said I am the God of your father the God of Abraham the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob at this Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the land of the Egyptians, for the hand of the Egyptians, to bring them up out of the land into a great and spacious land flowing with milk and honey. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the word that we're about to receive. I pray that every heart and every mind to be open to receive, God, what you got in store. And let not one, not one leave this house the same way that they came, but let them be blessed by your word. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. We find here in Exodus the story of a man by the name of Moses. He's later on in years. He's out in the middle of the field tending to the flock. Now, you need to understand maybe the history of the story. Moses has not always been out in the field tending the flock. At one time, Moses was a prince in the middle of the palace. But one day, something, he probably to this day wonders what, what he was thinking, why he did it. But all of a sudden, while he's there in Egypt, all of a sudden he sees a slave driver beating a Hebrew man. The Bible tells us that, well, he lost it. And he walked over and he actually beat that man himself and killed him. 
And this man who was once a prince in the palace now becomes a fugitive on the run. He finds himself in the land of Midian. As he is there, what begins to happen is, is that he, he finds a woman there, he finds his father-in-law there, and he begins to go an ordinary life of tending the flock. And one day while out in the middle of the field, he sees something, something catches his eye. He begins to look closer, and as he does, he begins to notice that there's a bush on fire. Now, just by itself, nothing big. But as he begins to look at the bush, he notices something. Although the bush is on fire, flames all around it, it's not being consumed. Its leaves are there. The wood is there. The bush isn't being burned up. Just for a moment, think about that. You go out in your front yard, your bush is along your house, and they're on fire. But the thing is, is they're not being burned up. They're not turning black. They're not falling apart. They stay green as they've always been. So you can imagine it, well, grabs his attention. So the Bible tells us that he begins to make his way over to the burning bush, and as he gets there, all of a sudden, out of the burning bush, something speaks. Moses, Moses, you are on holy ground. Take off your sandals. I don't know about you. I would have freaked out. I'd have been like, <laughs> yes, fire. Whatever you ask. Moses takes off his sandals and then God begins to give him a call. I have seen the burden of my people in Egypt. I've seen what the slave drivers are doing and I'm going to send you, Moses, you to go and set my people free. <laughs> Moses goes, I don't think so. I'm not of good speech. I'm not very good at this. What if I get there? And when I do get there, what if? What if? I don't know what to say. What if they ask who sent me? You say, the great I am sent you. Drop the mic. Enough said. I tell this story to you today because I, I want you to understand something. We all have a purpose and a call in our life. It just all depends when we receive that purpose and that call. I was 19 years old when I received mine. A call to ministry. There have been times I've questioned. There have been times I've thought about it. There's been times I've doubted. There have been times I thought God was off his rocker. There have been times that I thought people could have done better than me. But I will say this, I never doubted the call. I always knew that it was there. So how do I find my call, Pastor? How do I find my purpose? How do I know what God's will is for my life? As we look at this story today, that's what I want to begin to talk to you about, how we find our purpose. Now, remember, look back at verse 1. He says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. He led his flock to the far side of the wilderness, came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him. When he comes to my purpose, how do I find it? Number one, write this down. Never underestimate an ordinary day. As a believer in Christ Jesus, never underestimate an ordinary day. God can step into the middle of your ordinary day and give you a godly opportunity. Ordinary day, driving down the road with a friend of mine, not expecting anything to happen. And boom, all of a sudden, God speaks to this young man. Ordinary night, going to revival. 
All of a sudden, God speaks through a pastor. You're supposed to be a preacher. See, if we would begin to live our life not just walking through an ordinary day with our eyes closed, barely making it through. If we would begin to walk through our ordinary days, understand that God can do extraordinary things with my eyes wide open saying, God, I am looking, I am listening, I am waiting. God, today if you've got something to say to me, say it. If you want me to do something, Lord, tell me what to do. God, I want to hear your voice today. I want to know that you're real. I want to know that you're there. This ordinary day will not rob me of what you got in store. We think that God's going to call you in some great moment. Can I tell you, most of the time, the call of God for your life will come at the moment you least expected it. You've got to be ready with your eyes open. Ordinary days can lead to extraordinary destinies. A routine moment can reveal a miraculous revelation. You've got to have your eyes open. You can't be distracted. You can't be focused on the things of this world that don't matter. You've got to stop getting upset about things that don't matter. You've got to stop letting the things of this world dictate the time that should belong to God because those ordinary moments many times rob you of the great opportunities that are right there at your door if you would just listen to God. He's speaking wants to talk to you. Yes, you. How many know that God wants to talk to you? God wants to have a conversation with you. And some of you need to have a conversation with God. Amen. And do me a favor. When you have that conversation with God, would you not talk to God like you talk to some of your friends? Would you not talk to God like you talk to people on Facebook? We're going to have a Facebook etiquette class here at Compassion Church. Some of you thought that Facebook is a laundromat and you keep airing your dirty laundry on Facebook. If you don't stop, you look stupid. Y'all getting arguments with people, I don't understand it. And no matter how bad you try to make them look, you still look stupid. I just went off on a tangent there, I'm sorry. Had nothing to do with my sermon today. Just talking to some of you stupid people. That's why I don't have a Facebook page because I would be stupid. I know I would. That's why I don't have one because I would be stupid. Never underestimate an ordinary day. And listen what he says here. So Moses thought I will go over and see this strange sight. While the bush does not burn up, when the Lord saw that he'd gone over to look, God called to him from the bush, within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Number two, write this down. Godly curiosity reveals godly calls. Listen to what it said again. When the Lord saw, he had gone over to look. God did not speak to Moses into Moses' curiosity, moved him to God. Some of you want to run as fast and as hard as you can away from God and expect God to chase you down. When the call of God comes, when we make ourselves to God, when we become curious, not about things we shouldn't be curious about, 
But when we become curious about the things of God, God, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear you speak. God, listen, I, I, I just want you to show me my plan for my life. God, I want a deeper, more profound relationship. Listen, if you want God's purpose in your life, you've got to pray that God begins to, to stir up that godly curiosity inside of you. When you wake up in the morning, you want to know about God. When you, Before you go to bed at night, you want to know about God. When you're studying the Word, you want to know about God. You come to church because you want to know about God. We're not a social club, amen? Now, we want you to have uh, social gatherings. We want you to have fun. But can I tell you, the greatest, one of the greatest purposes of the church is to train and teach you of the word of God. We want to make you curious about who God is and what his plan is for your life. See, what you are curious about is what you are drawn to. What you're curious about is what you're drawn to. And how many know that many times we can't hide what we're curious about? Just stand in the parking lot of Walmart for five minutes. I was there one day in, par, in, in, in Walmart. This guy's walking, walking beside his wife, walking away from Walmart. A girl comes by dressed. She wasn't going to church. <laughs> I'm not judging. I'm just saying she, I don't think she was. Husband with his wife. I'm like, your wife doesn't know my wife. Because my wife won't put up with that. And I thought, we know what he's curious about. Right? See, what you're curious about is what you're drawn to. If you would become curious about God, God would draw you unto himself. And when you do, God will begin to reveal things to you your purpose for your life, his destiny for your future, what God has in store. My question today is, what are you curious about? If you have a heart for God, Godly curiosity will direct you toward the things of God. You will start seeing things in a spiritual realm that you haven't seen before. So I've come to the place I'd rather see spiritual things. I've seen the things of the world and it doesn't impress me. I've seen the things of this world and it brings no joy to my heart. Listen to this, verse four. When the Lord saw that he'd gone over to look, God called from when the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. He said, do not come any closer. God said, take off your sandals. I want to, real quick, before I get to the last point, I'm going to throw this in. Something has happened in the body of Christ in the Christian realm, we've lost the fear of the Lord. The, the word fear really means reverence. But as he comes closer, well, God, isn't it good enough he came over? God, isn't it good enough that, 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 that Moses made his way over there? Do you have to really then pick on him about his sandals? He's on holy ground. So you see, I won't, you to hear me when I say this. Some of the reason why you never seem to get your purpose is because there's too much junk in the way. See, if you want God to reveal his purpose and plan for your life, there's some things in your life that need to go. So he calls Moses. He said, Moses, let me tell you right now, the call of God is without repentance, but I want you to hear me. 
As you step into my presence, I am an all-knowing God. I am a righteous God. I am a holy God. This is what he says. Take off your sentence for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God, the Father. I am, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. See, this moment, God begins to reveal himself. Number three, I want you to write this down. My last one, movement creates moments. Movement creates moments. I can think of doing nothing else than being a pastor because I know it's my divine destiny. It's what God's called me to do. And I want to do it. Oh, it's tough sometimes and it's hard sometimes. And yes, there's times that I, I want to quit. There's times that I, oh Lord, just put me back in the secular realm. And the, but every time I do, then I think, but God, I want a purpose to my life. Reinhard Bonnke was doing a crusade in Africa. After crusade, crusade was over, very small crusade, about 8,000 people. It had gotten dark. Everybody had left. He'd cut off the generator, turn off all the lights. He said it was so dark that night it was pitch black. He said I could barely make it to my car. Finally made it to my car, opened the door and the lights from the inside the car pierced the darkness. He said, I got in my car, began to drive home. I was tired. I was weary. Be honest with you. He said, I just wanted to get home. It had been a long night. He said, I'm driving my car down this road. And I'm surrounded by what they call elephant grass. And he said, the reason why they call it elephant grass because it's so tall. It's as tall as an elephant. He says, as I'm driving the roads of Africa, heading back, he said, all of a sudden, a figure walks out of the grass and in front of my car. I would have lost my mind. He said, although nervous, afraid, I stopped. He said, it was a young man. He walked over to my car. He said, I rolled down my window. He said, yes, sir, how can I help you? He said, I got saved in your revival last night. And you spoke some more about the Holy Spirit. I want this Holy Spirit you talk about. So Reinhardt got out of the car in the middle of this dirt road, began to pray for this 17-year-old boy. At that moment, he had received the Holy Spirit. He said it was a powerful prayer. In fact, he said it almost like electricity came down from heaven and touched that boy. He said after the prayer... I got back in my car and went home. As far as I know, the young man went home. I don't know where he went. He said, a few weeks later, I hear of a revival that is taking place a few villages over. How God is changing lives, people being saved, people being healed. He said, I go on to do another crusade and I was there one day and after crusade, here comes that young boy that met me that night. He walks up to me. And he said, I've been doing a revival that has been changing lives. 
Reinhardt said, I kind of smiled. He's a 17-year-old boy. What exactly could he be doing? He said, what do you mean you've been doing revival? How did this happen? He said, you just got saved a couple of weeks ago. He said, well, pastor, I left you, went back to my village. When I got there, when I walked into a village, there was a lady that I knew there that had already lost one child to the fever and her other child was sick with the fever. And I remember you told us that we're to pray for people and they could be healed. And I walked over to this woman, her child sick, about to die, and I laid hands and I began to pray for that child. And he said, Pastor, you'll never guess what happened. The child got up and said, I'm hungry. He said, I went on. She went home. She gets back to her village. When she gets back to her village, the chief of the village sees the boy walking around, know that he was sick, and now that he's healed, he said, what happened? He said, well, she said, this young boy walked up, prayed for my son. He healed. He's healed now. That's all I know. Pray this Jesus over him. The chief said, I want you to go find that boy and bring him back. I've got a daughter that's crippled, hadn't walked since birth. So the woman goes and gets the boy, brings him back. Brings him back to the chief. The chief said, listen, my daughter's in there. She's never been able to walk. I want you to go in that hut, and I want you to pray to that Jesus you know, and I want you to pray that Jesus to heal my daughter. The 17-year-old boy said he walked into the hut, could barely see it was so dark. He said it took a few moments for his eyes to adjust. He finally sees the figure of a young girl laying on the floor. He said, nervous, afraid. He said, I reached down and I began to pray for this girl. And all of a sudden I hear pop, 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 He said, at first I didn't know what it was. I'd never experienced anything. He said, I looked down and it was her legs being straightened out. God was straightening out her bones. He said, that girl got up on her feet and walked out of the hut with the chief, her dad, standing there. The chief walks over, says to the boy, you are going to preach and tell about this Jesus for the next 10 days in this village. For the next 10 days, what God did was so miraculous People from surrounding villages started coming and coming and coming. Reinhard Bonke said to the 17-year-old boy, he said, you just got saved. What in the world did you preach? He said, I preached the sermons you preached. He said, then praise God, you preached the gospel, and that's why lives were changed. I shared this story with you. Because God can take anyone who is willing and open. If you would start seeking out those ordinary days and saying, God, today will be the day that I hear your call and your purpose. God, I'm going to be curious. I'm going to be curious about the things of God. I will seek them, chase them. I will run them down. I will do whatever it takes to find out what God wants me to do. God, I will move toward you and I will follow you.
And wherever you go, I will go. And when you do, God can do great things in your life. I actually asked that question myself this week. What is the church for? So I've come to the realization this is what I believe. I believe the church is to reach the lost. There are people out there dying and going to hell. And it is our job to save them. He said to Moses, My children are in bondage in Egypt. I need you to go bring them out. God is calling his children to do the same thing. I've got kids in bondage. They're in slavery out in this world. And I need people that will go out and bring them to me. Bring them out of bondage and slavery and sin. God has also called us to teach them, train them, disciple them. See, that's another thing I think the church is for, to disciple the believers. to impact your life with his word that you may then impact the world with the word that is in you. We become complacent as the body of Christ. We have. I don't want to be complacent. I want to be concerned about those that are still in bondage in Egypt. I want to care about those that are crying out to the Lord, help me, I don't know what to do. God, send me. See, God has a purpose for your life. I don't know what it is. For me, it's a pastor. It's a teacher. But let me do say this to you and hear me when I say this, and I'm fighting this, but I I just... God has not called you to be a surface Christian. God has not called you just to come to church on Sunday every once in a while and say, I'm a Christian. That's enough. It's not. If I can be honest with you, there is a part of me that is so disappointed in the church. Not this church, but the big C. We've lost what we're supposed to be doing, what God called us for, the purpose he has for our life. I want to know that this is a house of refuge. I want to know that people can walk in this church and they find the love of Jesus and they find the love of God. That's what I want. And that means God needs you. So we put these in your chairs. Because remember it says that movement creates momentum. For some of you, you're not serving. You don't, you don't know your purpose right now. Then start somewhere. I started out working with youth when I first got in the ministry. I hate youth. I don't. Youth are not my calling. I never forget when I first started pastoring, I taught a Royal Rangers class, like a Boy Scouts class one time. The, the Royal Rangers commander asked me to come teach on Christmas to the boys. He never asked me to do that again. I'm called to adults. I'm not called to kids. But you may be. 
See, this isn't a car trying to get you to serve just to serve. In fact, let me say this. If you feel forced, don't do it. I didn't feel forced to be a pastor. I felt honored. Thank you, God, for calling me. One who is not of good speech, one who doesn't know. God, thank you for calling me. God's called you. I had someone just this week share with me, made me feel good. He, he didn't know how much I needed to hear it. He said how tough his life is right now, but he said one place, one place is this church. And that made me feel good. That I hope this church is rescuing people from bondage and setting the captives free. But even greater than that, I hope that you're finding joy and peace and love in this house. And I want to say this to you. You have something inside of you that this church needs. And if you would give it, all oh, our lives would be changed. So today, I want you to do me a favor. If you want to serve, whatever area it is, I want you to fill this out. A little while when they come up and close, I'm going to have you just bring them and put them at the front. But I want you to bow your head close your eyes. You say, Pastor, I know that I'm not serving like I should. I know God's got a call in my life. I just don't know what it is, but I want to know. I want to be, do His purpose and do His will. If that is you, I want you to raise your hand right now. Lord, I pray for every hand that is raised that God, you would show them their, their purpose your plan, your will for their life. I, I pray today, Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord, let them today commit to serving your kingdom and you're doing your will. And Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name. Right now, Lord, whatever would keep them from doing that call, break it off their life today. With every head bowed, every eye closed, one last question. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, say, Pastor, if I were to die today, I don't know where I'm going, but I want to know Jesus today. I want to give my heart and life to him. If that is you today, you would like to give your heart and life to Christ, I want you to raise your hand right now. Is there anybody? Today's the day of salvation. Don't let this moment pass you by. Well, I believe all are saved and on their way to heaven. Would you give God praise today? We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. 